All right, everybody, welcome back. This is Food for Thought, Thoughts If It Were You. This is Neogentrix, your host. I'm going to do another one of my dark truth reveals for those childhood stories that we used to love listening to that we thought were all great and dandy. Now, keep in mind, this whole premise for this channel is education. And again, if what I'm telling you seems like it could be something that you don't want to hear, by all means, don't listen to it. Okay, just skip this one, go on to the next episode, and you know, enjoy the rest of your day. And I'm not going to stay on the same topic. I'm going to switch back and forth and come back to other topics because different people have different things that they want to hear or listen to, and not everybody wants to have their childhood ruined by knowing the original story version of the of the fairy tale that they loved. Okay? Keeping with that theme though, for this episode here, you know, I already explained Fairy tales are full of creepy and terrible things, okay? And the original Little Red Riding Hood is no exception. Cinderella's stepsisters, well, I haven't covered Cinderella yet, or The Little Mermaid. So, look forward to those in the future, okay? Even more popular collections from fairy tales like Brothers Grimm include stories like The Girl Without Hands and The Death of the Little hen but i mean i'll cover those at another point but the brothers Grimm are known for writing pretty dark stories and little red riding hood is a is the full story as a whole is actually pretty dark unlike the modern version where a naive girl and a trust i'm sorry a naive and trusting girl in a nutshell more or less you can who can't tell the difference between a wolf and her grandmother escapes in the end in the much older version she doesn't she's actually eaten alive um that's only the beginning of the horrible things that actually happen in the Little Red Riding Hood ser- uh, story. And, you know, the, the versions circulated in the 17th century France. Uh, Charles Parlet uh, first wrote down the story in his collections called The Mother Goose Tales. It, fe- it featured a cannibalistic granddaughter uh, and a pedophile wolf who tells Red to strip down before she climbs into his bed. Uh, no wonder the fairy tale was originally changed, <laughs> actually. You know... It's supposed to be for children, after all, and there's nothing child-friendly about that. So, we're going to take a short break right quick, and then I'm going to go diving headfirst into this story, the original version that hasn't been told in centuries. Stick around. So let's begin. Like I said before, Little Red Riding Hood never used to really have a happy ending. At least in the original versions, it didn't. Okay? And a long time ago, it wasn't even written down, so it was a folktale told by people for centuries. Anthropologist uh, Jamie uh, Tirani argues that the fairy tale was not invented by the French writer Charles Perrault, the author of the uh, Mother Goose Tales, and the first person who actually and the first person who wrote it down. Uh, historian Robert Darnton explains that Peralt's stories came from the oral tra- uh, tradition, most likely uh, through his son's nurse, 
which is kind of where the whole nursery rhymes thing came from, uh, where he borrowed the name Mother Goose. But anyway, the story of Little Red Riding Hood had a much deeper root. It went through a number of versions. Even after Perrault's French version, the story spread to Germany and England and carried it was even carried by French refu refugees of the wars of religion. You remember those. Um, and later conflicts until the, you know, the Brothers Grimm finally wrote it down in the 19th century. In fact, the story of the girl wearing red who wanders off and runs into a wolf dates back at least to the 11th century uh, when a Belgian poet recorded the tale. The long history of the story includes a uh, number of changes that transformed it from a disturbing tale of cannibalism and pedophilia, like I mentioned before, uh, to a much more friendly, childer version that we hear today, and that version actually has a happy ending. Keeping this in mind, though, in some versions of the story, there is no Little Red Riding Hood, okay? Um, one of the defining features of Little Red Riding Hood is her red hood. Uh, it appears in nearly every image of the story produced in the last 200 years, I do believe. Um, but in some of the versions of the story, the little girl didn't actually wear a red hood at all. Uh, one folk version told in the 17th and 18th century, uh, France, described the main character as simply just a little girl. Uh, in other versions, the hood is made from gold. Um, actually, that would have been a really interesting version of the story to hear. Uh the Red Hood doesn't appear until the 17th century, however. Uh, so the question stands right now. Um, where did the famous hood come from? I'll be honest with you. It's most likely it was invented by the original Mother Goose, Charles Perrault. I mean, in his version, it, which was first published in, I think, 1967, uh, the girl's mother had a little red uh, riding hood made for her, as Perrault explained you know, explained, uh, and it suits the girl so extremely well that everyone called her Little Red Riding Hood. After all, uh, it just seemed to work. And after that, it just kind of stuck, you know? Uh, once the Red Hood appeared, though, you know, people claimed it symbolized the coming of age, or sin, however you want to look at it. Uh, the Red Hood made its first appearance in Peralt's version, but it was such a popular detail that it came to define the story as a whole. Um, in fact, much has been made of the red color. Uh, psychoanalyst uh, Eric Fromm, he claimed that the red hood was a symbol of uh, menstruation. Man, I hate saying that word. Uh, turning the tale into a morality lesson for young girls who might, uh, quote unquote, stray from the path. You know, putting their honor at risk, if you know what I mean. The wolf, in Fromm's version, becomes a seducer of young girls, dun, 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 introducing the wolf pedophile. Um, the red was a color associated with sin. When Perrault first wrote the fairy tale in the 1990s, like he actually wrote it down. It's still it was still folklore before that. And many folklorists pointed out that the red color was often a symbol that the girl was coming of age, linking it to menstruation. The when the wolf tricks Little Red Riding Hood and eats her up, the message is clear. It become aware of predators, or better, beware of predators, is the best way to put it, who want to take advantage of young girls. And there's a twisted part of, and you know, there's the, a twisted part of the earlier French versions that really drives the point home. I mean, it's something that a lot of people don't really want to hear. 
I mean, even in the child-friendly version today, in one version she escapes, and then in one version she gets eaten by the wolf. It makes perfect sense. You know, be aware of your actions. Beware of pedophiles. Be aware of creepy people. And, you know, that, w- that stood as the child-friendly version up until now. Uh, at least in the last five, year, five to ten years, though, that has changed. The girl getting eaten has been seen as too violent, so they've dumbed it down to the girl escapes and safely. But then a lot of things have changed over the years. Let's take a short break here, and we'll be right back. everybody now that we're back let's go in a little deeper into the story okay so in the original version like i mentioned before the wolf makes red strip and climb in the bed with him wow before i go any further that does sound a little dark doesn't it well the original version of little red riding hood gets very quick uh creepy very quickly actually the little girl is at her grandmother's house and you know, where the wolf has disguised himself as basically her grandmother. The, the wolf asks Red to strip her clothes off. In the story, the wolf says, undress and get into bed with me, more or less. Uh, when Red asks, what do, uh, what do I do with her apron? Well, that's the original translation. The wolf says, throw it on the fire. You won't need it anymore. After Red tosses her apron into the fire, the wolf also makes her take off her, you know, skirt, petticoat, stockings, and everything else. With each item of clothing, the wolf says, throw it into the fire, you won't need it anymore. You know, and once she takes off her clothes, Red climbs into bed with the wolf. That's when she notices that something's not right with her grandmother. And then we get into the part where, oh, grandmother, how hairy you are, she declares. You know, and in today's version of the fairy tale, Low Red Riding Hood definitely doesn't, you know, get naked, obviously, but it's still the same scenario when she realizes something's wrong with her grandmother. The next part where this begets a little gruesome um, is a little bit before that. Before Red climbs into the bed with the wolf in the older version of the story, uh, the wolf sneaks into the grand- after the, the wolf had snuck into the grandmother's house. He kills and butchers the elderly woman. Okay. Then he pours her blood into a bottle, slices up her flesh on a platter. And if that wasn't bloody enough, when Little Red Riding Hood shows up, the story quickly turns into a tale of (laughs) cannibalism. When Red hands over the bread and milk to the wolf, he says, "Have uh, Have something yourself, my dear. This is meat and wine in the pantry. You know, he points to the blood and the flesh of her grandmother. And Red eats the snack... And a little cat whispers, slut, to eat the flesh and drink the blood of your grandmother. Irony. There are some strange parallels here with the religious tra- uh, tradition of taking the Eucharist, you know, the blood and body of Christ here. It's a little play on the, on the biblical story. However, you know, for obvious reasons, the cannibalism was omi- obviously omitted later in later versions of the story uh, for very 
pretentious reasons. One is the uh, parallelism with the Bible, and the other is the whole cannibalistic thing in the first place. It's not exactly child-friendly. But you can see how dark the original story originally had gotten. Now, like I mentioned before, it didn't always have a happy ending. However, Little Red Riding Hood does escape in one version uh, using some uh, what they call uh, poop humor. (laughs) That's the nice way to put it. In most versions of Little Red Riding Hood, the girl never figures out the wolf's disguise, which is kind of surprising since most people would recognize a wolf wearing a nightdress pretty readily. Perhaps Red didn't have the best eyesight, I'm assuming, Uh, but in one version, Red manages to escape from the wolf's trap. She climbs into bed with the wolf. She notices that it isn't her grandmotherly, uh, exactly. Um, Red makes up a lie to leave the bed. She says that she has to poop and does what doesn't want to do it in the grandmother's bed. The wolf then, you know, lets Red leave for the woods, but he ties a piece of string to her so that she can't escape. Well, in this version, the girl tricks the wolf by slipping the stream uh, over a branch and running away. Very clever uh, thinking in this version. You know, it still doesn't change the fact that, you know, everything else before it had happened, but in this version, she doesn't die or get eaten. But it's still a, the wolf is a pedophile. Even in the Mother Goose version, you know, the grandmother gets eaten. So there's no really escaping that. Uh, in the Mother Goose version, it's less gruesome and many of the uh, than most of the original folk tales as we've already covered. For example, Red doesn't eat her grandmother, obviously, and there's not a long description of her taking off her clothes or throwing it into the fire, though it does say Red took off her clothes before climbing into bed with the wolf which can be interpreted as something totally different altogether. But the Mother Goose version still maintains some of the darker elements of the folktale. For example, when the wolf snuck into the grandmother's house, he immediately fell upon the good woman, ate her up at the moment, uh, in the moment, for it had been more than three days since he had eaten. And after all, if the moral of the story is to watch out for predators, the grandmother was just as guilty as Red, since she was also tricked by the wolf. I mean... You know, that's pretty much the the gist of that. And in the Mother Goose version, along with that, it doesn't have a happy ending, just so you know. Um, in addition to the grandmother's death in the Mother Goose's version, uh, it doesn't end well for Red either. The girl is tricked into climbing into bed with the wolf, and the two have their, you know, famous dialogue. I'm not going to go into that uh, whole thing again. You know, grandmother, what big arms you have, so on and so forth. And finally... Red says, Grandmother, what big teeth you have? And at this point, the wolf says, All the better to eat you with, at which point he jumps on top of Red and eats her, and this is the end of the story in the Mother Goose collection. There's no friendly woodsman or anything to rescue Little Red Riding Hood. Throwing that out there. I'll take a short break here, and then we'll continue. Alright, well, let's dive back into this. Uh, The next bit is the moral lesson for the Mother Goose version, anyway. It's actually pretty heavy. Um, A little dark. It's, uh... Forgive me for saying this, it's actually all about virginity. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm laughing, but it isn't funny. I promise you. Uh, at the end of the Mother Goose version of Little Red Riding Hood, the Charles Perrault version included a moral. Just in case, you know, children didn't pick up on the message in the story, he writes, Children, especially attractive, well-bred young ladies, should never talk to strangers, for they, sh you know, they should do so. Uh, they may well provide dinner for a wolf. Uh, just in case... His wolf analogy goes over the children's head. Prof also adds, I say, wolf, but there are various kinds of wolves. There are also, you know, those who are charming, quiet, polite, unassuming, complacent, and sweet, who pursue young women at home and in the streets. You know, reading between the lines, Peralt warns girls that wolves might appear like gentle grandmothers, even if their intentions are bad. Perrault concludes by saying, unfortunately, it is these gentle wolves who are also the most dangerous ones of all. Moral lesson for young ladies is very clear. Guard yourself and your virginity against predators who want to take advantage. Ironic, isn't it? However, in the Brothers Grim version, Red fills the wolf's wide open innards with rocks. I'm not going <laughs> to try to translate that, but... For the most part, uh, one of the most familiar versions of the Willow Red Riding Hood version story uh, comes from the Brothers Grimm. And in the 19th century, uh, even the, their ending, which saves Red and their grandmother, was a strange twist. Uh, the Brothers Grimm introduced the Huntsman, who, you know, saves the day right after Red, Little Red Riding Hood, or Little Red Cap, as she was known in their version, is eaten by the wolf. The huntsman finds the wolf sleeping after his big meal and cuts open his belly with a pair of scissors. Then again, he is a huntsman, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Uh, the girl and her grandmother, you know, leap out, of the, leap out of the wolf with Red crying, Oh, I was so frightened. It was so dark inside the wolf's body. Which sounds kind of weird now that I've said that out loud. But, uh, you know, then Red takes over, filling the wolf's body with large stones. The wolf apparently sleeps through this entire process. But when he wakes up and tries to run away, the stones are so heavy that he falls down dead. Actually seems even more brutal than the girls getting eaten. Uh, it's not quite stripping or cannibalistic, but it is still a dark twist on the original fairy tale. In comparison, because someone still dies in this version. And believe it or not, there was even a sequel in the Brothers Grimm version where, you know, Red gets her revenge. In case you're wondering why the movie Hoodwink and Hoodwink 2 exist. The Brothers Grimm also wrote the sequel. Um, Red teams up with the grandmother to kill another wolf. And in this fairy, first fairy tale version, Red encounters a wolf in the forest uh, or woods. And by this time, she ignores him. Uh, when the wolf tries to break into the grandmother's house, the grandmother doesn't let him in. Both have learned their lesson the, from the first time, when they were, you know, eaten by the wolf. In the sequel, Red and her grandmother lure the wolf into the chimney with the smell of sausages. In the hearth, you know, or they place a large tub of water for, uh, for cooking the sausages. The wolf falls in and drowns, and then Red rejoices along with her grandmother having killed the wolf. And, you know, that 
definitely doesn't sound any better than the previous versions, but you know, you can easily, they just, how do I put it? In this version of the story, they both get their revenge. They didn't exactly kill the original wolf, but they killed a wolf that tried to do the same thing again, and it made them feel better. You know, fairy tales are like PSAs from the past, it, in, you know, for the most part. You know, um, it's hard to imagine children listening to older versions of Little Red, of the Little Red Riding Hood story. After all, today we don't generally encourage children to eat their grandmothers, obviously, but Perrault's 17th century moral to the story is a reminder that fairy tales were originally meant to educate children about real dangers, not just wolves, but others who wanted to take advantage of young girls, tricking them to strip and climb into bed, which sounds really bad. Um, in the sense, though, Little Red Riding Hood and other you know, fairy tales were the medieval equivalent of the more you know PSAs theme that we have now. The strange variations in Little Red Riding Hood are a reminder that fairy tales are created and recreated in particular times and places, and Charles Perrault's 17th century version, French version, is different from the 19th century German version, which was then popularized by the Brothers Grimm that we all know today, uh, or at least a variation of it. The fairy tale communicates specific messages that are, you know, linked with those cultures in some ways. Other versions of Little Red Riding Hood are windows into the past, and you know, it's those same windows that we tr that we cherish nowadays, or at least become aware of. You know, this is the type of thing that we should be teaching our children, instead of sheltering them from everything that we think is disgusting or creepy or weird. These are things that people used to teach their kids in the past, and they were normal. So, with that, it brings this very creepy story to an end, and I hope you learned something from it as far as the different variations of the story, but actually the morals that were originally designed to go with this story. This is also one of those times where, you know, I have to say, for once in my life, it's a... It's a story I didn't exactly want to bring to light, but I feel like it's needed to be told. So, with that being said, again, this is Food for Thought. Thoughts if it were you. This is your host, Neo Gentrix. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Dark Truths Behind Original Fairy Tale Stories. Next time, I'm going to cover a different story, or maybe something totally different altogether. Stick around to find out. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Peace!